Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to several episodes and have learned anything, if you'll do me a favor, take a screenshot and share this with someone who is a newbie in your life, who's interested in NFTs, but might feel overwhelmed. We want to get this education into the hands as many or the ears as many people as we can. So if you'll do me a favor and share this with one person in your life who you know would enjoy this content and have some fun learning about NFTs, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into the show. All right, we taught you how to create and buy on OpenSea. So you're all set on that department, but we need to talk about the new kid on the block who's rapidly increasing, and that's Solana. So we're gonna talk about Solana and Solana-based projects coming right up. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs, but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're gonna break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're gonna cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. What's up, family? We are so excited to be with you again, and I am so pumped to talk more about Solana. We have KJ from Psydux, who you may remember from several episodes ago when we answered the pressing question, what is Solana? But today we're going to be digging more into the projects in Solana and how you can get involved if you are a creative and want to know what's going on with this whole Solana game. So KJ, thanks so much for jumping on again. I'll open up with this question. Remind us again why we might decide to build a project on a Solana blockchain versus maybe Ethereum. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for having me back. Excited to chat with you again. So uh, the key thing that we discussed in our last episode is obviously Solana just gaining a lot of traction. It's much more affordable than something like Ethereum, where Ethereum is about 4,000 US dollars and Solana currently, I believe, is around 160. So just from an affordability standpoint, uh, transaction uh, speeds are significantly faster than Ethereum, about 65,000 per second or so. So super fast, not any really gas fees. So, so those are all some great reasons to uh, begin. And uh, Solana, although it's pretty new, it's still uh, rapidly growing. So I believe it started towards the end of 2018. At the beginning of the year, uh, Solana coin was like two bucks. And now yeah. it's, as I mentioned, it's, it's gained. I'm looking at the graph right now. It's like, there's a, it's like, it's like weight loss. Like if you weigh yourself every day, like it, it, it like sometimes <laughs> oh it's gosh. up and down, up and down. But if the trend is going down, that's a good thing. And this trend is going up, which is obviously yeah. a good thing. I do want to mention KJ, I saw a thread yesterday on Twitter about Solana and it's, it's, it's a, question I think many of us will have really quick, which is, you know, the efficiency of it, uh, not having the gas fees incurred, I believe there is a vulnerability associated with that sometimes. And that is like some people are weary of the security. So it's speed and not necessarily it's very vulnerable, but it's not as vulnerable as maybe Ethereum or something like that. Uh, is there any truth to that? Or like what should people consider when they're looking at Solana base and looking at the affordability and efficiency? Yeah, no, that's a great point. So Every blockchain is dealing with the trilemma. So whether so the three points of that trilemma are typically decentralization, scalability, and security. So effectively, it's known that typically any blockchain is picking two of those mm -hmm. and sacrificing a little bit of the other one. So obviously, Solana, with its fast transaction speed, it's leaning a little bit more towards the security 
mm-hmm. uh, or scalability, sorry, aspect. So that's an important consideration. But for a lot of practical purposes, like that's the most important thing on a day to day. You want your uh, funds to be able to transact quickly. Yep. Whereas on, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum, it's, it's taken a lot of time. It's very expensive unless you have a ton of it and you're kind of rich, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the main consideration. But I do believe that Solana is secure enough for the average person. Trilemma, Heather. <laughs> trilemma. I've never heard yeah. that before. I got stressed out just like, I was like, oh man, we're in a trilemma right now? <laughs> Somebody help. All right. But yes, yeah, go ahead. We've, I love that. We've had a lot of creatives reach out and really want to start their own projects. They're so curious about it. And I was wondering, like, from a creative standpoint, trying to get a community launched, and you guys have done so well with being able to sell out your projects and so forth. Was there ever a concern or a learning curve or what did y'all have to do to kind of, I guess, because, you know, people learning about NFTs is hard enough. And then they're usually, you know, learning about Ethereum off the bat. How did you kind of, I guess, persuade people to go over to Solana and buy Solana? Or was that not even an issue at all? Yeah, that's a great question. So Solana is the NFT ecosystem is very new compared to Ethereum. So Ethereum has obviously gained much of its traction this year from large collections like Board Ape Yacht Club, et cetera. But Ethereum NFTs have been around for a few years. Yeah, like 2016 or 17, right? Yeah. Right, right. But Solana is just starting out this year with their NFTs. And, and so that's like the, the main thing is big time collectors that have been on Ethereum. They're kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, a little bit maybe snobby where they're like, oh, this is a new play. I don't know how it works. So, you know, that, that's kind of what we've observed where it's like, you know, we have this thing that's working. Why would I want to change? Right. Mm-hmm. So everyone's going to have their opinion. But again, for us, it's getting new people, people that can afford the Solana coin. And then more importantly, for me as a developer, Solana just provided a lot of tools for me to leverage my existing developer skills. I was going to ask, is it like Anchorman, like with the news wars, like (laughs) Ethereum Club and then the Solana Club, like people were just like, is it weird like that? Oh, man, you're nodding. It is. It is. It's a little bit like that. Um, it, 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 It is kind of hard to convince a lot of people that have been on ethereum because all their funds are on ethereum everything's in their metamask and now they have to use a a solana compatible wallet so you know then you have to like manage these different wallets and so some Hmm. people they don't they don't like that especially if you're sitting on ethereum when it was a few hundred bucks you know you have enough ethereum and you can buy things with that so so that's kind of the the nature of the game right now the question I think everybody is asking, like, you know, we've we've said it on our ads and so forth that you guys were completely able to fill up your whitelist, sell out within like, what do you say, 10 hours, something like yeah. that, something completely yeah. crazy. What what have you guys done right uh, to yeah. be able to just kill your project like this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's funny you say 10 hours because oftentimes if you don't sell out within an hour or even a few minutes, it kind of creates a lot of uncertainty amongst holders. So yeah, I mean, it's gotten that crazy. So we've seen, you know, other collections sell out, you know, super quick. And I think that because there's so many new collections launching, that's almost like a prerequisite for you to have a post mint uh, secondary market that's, you know, multiple X uh, what the mint price was. And that's what a lot of NFT collectors are looking for, unfortunately, even though that just sounds crazy in any yeah. other kind of market to, you know, 2x, 3x, 5x your money in like minutes. 
but that's kind of the expectation for a lot wow. of wow wow i didn't know that no pressure y'all no pressure <laughs> yeah like i have to admit like uh the last few projects i've uh, minted uh didn't sell out some of them are still going and then you know i'm in the community and the discord is like hey we're doing a free mint i'm like what do you mean free mint? Like more? Like, cause I got a couple and then I got some at the mint price and then the mint price, the floor price is now be- way below the mint price. And, you know, obviously they have to try and make it up to user, not users, holders, but that's, that's rough. So like what kind of conversations happen on the team then? Like you can, oh, you can't say like, we're going to scrap the project, right? Like how, how hard is that to be like, look, we're going to have to go from, you know, point whatever sold to this soul in order to sell out or that, I mean, do you guys have those considerations? Yeah, and, and it was tough. So I should also add a little bit of color. So when we launched, it was just really bad timing. So that's when mm-hmm. Solana was uh, close to its peak. So obviously, there's an inverse. Ah, so if Solana was more expensive, then you know people typically are transferring money in fiat, right? So that was one thing that plagued us a little bit in terms of our momentum. And then the other issue at that time was there was a lot of scams happening. Uh, mm. during that period. So people, some of the people in our community were like, we were going to mint, but I just got scammed literally yesterday and I, I don't have any money left. And <laughs> so it was really unfortunate. So I think that that definitely impacted our launch. But to answer your question, it is really tough. So you have to be able to launch when you have a strong enough community. Uh, far too often when we work with other um, potential uh, NFT communities and launches, they're just very eager to launch. So, you know, you have to spend the time up front to really market, build relationships with other people, really sell your ideas. So the one thing that helped us is we had developed a a lot of relationships with influencers. So Mm. they were happy to tweet and bring more awareness during our launch uh, at certain milestones. Uh, But we still sold out uh, the first third of our NFTs, like in the first minute. That's amazing. So it was kind of like, you know... You literally, I clicked refresh, like a third were gone. And then some of the momentum like slowed down. Because again, what I mentioned earlier, a, a lot of people are just waiting on the sidelines, like, oh, are they going to sell out? If it looks like they're going to sell out, you know, they'll end up minting. And then, you know, it's kind of like a spiral in your favor where, you know, one person ends up minting and then, it, you know, then you notice two thirds are sold out. And then it's like, okay, maybe I'll buy one more, right? So that's kind of the psychology of, you know, each potential person that's going to bind to your community, right? Some people want to flip, some people are happy to hold for the longer term. So it just really depends. And, and, and who are you marketing to? What's your niche for your community? So there's so much saturation that you need to have something that is a little bit different um, from everyone else. So yeah. you know, don't just try to mimic what's been done. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Spacey who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs Simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course, 
If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs Simplified. Uh, I had a quick question on some pre-sale strategy, not pre-sale strategies. Oh, and by the way, like full transparency, uh, Sidux is a proud partner of NFTs for newbies. So if you want to get on the whitelist for the upcoming project, then you got to check out the show notes. It's in the Discord. You let them know where you came from and you're going to get the hookup. All right, you're going to get a guaranteed mint price and you can find the details in the show notes, like I said. However, pre-sale, whitelist, Dutch mm-hmm. auction, whatever, what? like all these, Dutch there's like auction. levels to like... White elephant. Yeah, it's like, what's happening? So what are the differences between some of these and what's that, the actual strategy behind it, right? Like all these can mean, to, to someone who doesn't know, they're just like, that yes. sounds crazy. I'm just going to wait till it's like on open sea. Like literally yes. that's something I would do. But what are some mm-hmm. of the differences in these launch strategies or, or those terms? Yeah, for sure. So we did something with our initial launch. So what that collection that we sold out was 777 NFTs, and that was to incentivize our early community. So not only did they get the NFT from that launch, but they're also going to get a free airdrop for this launch. So they actually nice. don't even have to buy in. And that price point that they bought at is significantly lower. So they're getting not only two NFTs for the price of one, but they're also you know just getting a cheaper price. Did they know and that so- at the beginning or was that a surprise? No, we planned for this. And the reason we planned for this is because we knew the state of the market was just not a great time. But we also didn't want to just delay because the market could could always get worse, right? So we have our own goals. But we felt more comfortable being able to sell out a a smaller collection size, whereas you see collections that are like 10,000 and you know, they might sell like a few hundred. And then, as I mentioned, other people are never going to buy in because it's like, there's like 9,000 left or, you know, maybe even more. So we didn't want to be one of those. We wanted yeah. it to be manageable. So you knew the people who were going to be holders in the first, uh, in the, in, in Psyducks, the original, you knew that yeah. eventually they were going to get something else. And you said that was right. by design, but then what are some of these yeah. other strategies, I guess, uh, yeah. that I, I kind of mentioned. Right, right. So to keep incentivizing people. So it's like kind of tears, right? So I, I'm most familiar with this concept when I buy ticket sales for a concert, right? So if you're like super early bird, you get a very discounted and then you show up later. And then, so it's kind of the same kind of model, essentially. So for us, our tier one is now not available. We filled all those seats. That was a 50% discount. And now we're doing the 35% discount, which is obviously for your listeners. And that's it. So then it's open to the public and you got to pay retail price. And as you mentioned before, Rich, some people want to wait for the secondary marketplace. So on Ethereum, yeah. it's open C. Solana has a few like Magic Eden, Solana, et cetera. But typically on the secondary market, it's double, triple, right. quadruple. I uh, recently saw a project called Monkey Kingdom. So they minted for half a Solana. And now the cheapest one is 88 Solana. Damn. So, you know, you can wait, but it it's comes down to your risk tolerance, right? So... Um, it's also a numbers game. So, you know, maybe you mint a few different projects that you feel good about. And maybe one of them is just such a big winner that it, you know, makes up for your other losses. It just really depends on your confidence and your kind of risk level. All right. I want no, no man or woman left behind. Let's define some of this real quick whitelist. Can you give me a definition of that? And I've never heard of this Dutch 
business that Rich is talking about. Tom okay, Billy is like a lot Brad, of people have done it. I just yeah, don't know what it means. Okay, I'm a newbie here. Okay, newbie. Me NFTs or newbies. If you <laughs> if you could, KJ, define yeah. whitelist. What is that? Yeah. And then this Dutch situation that has. Rich I've has not gone. heard about that Dutch situation. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up. That's interesting. Not heard that. But for whitelist, so basically how it works, so similar, you know, to, to how I mentioned, like you know, the, there's tiers to the early bird. But whitelist just means people's wallets are uh, verified in advance, so oh. only those people are able to purchase. I kind of picture people out at a club and you're like, Hey, I'm on the white list. And you're like, okay. Exact same, same kind of concept. And you're just kind of verifying yourself in advance. So for example, in our discord, we have a special group for all the whitelist people. And then when we're ready to actually make that available to mint, then we'll just collect, you know, wallet addresses and then continue on uh, providing them with the NFT. Cool beans. All right, guys, I'm going to read you real quick. We're going to learn together. The Dutch auction is a bidding technique that considers all bids for a given asset before arriving at a ceiling price, which gradually drops at specific time intervals. My head hurts. So we'll just leave that there. Someone else can explain Dutch auctions. I know what a Dutch oven is, but I don't know what a Dutch auction is. Okay, so, um, okay. The whitelist. So this is something that's new. So, so Heather and I are considering, we're not considering, we're going to, we're going to make NFTs. We're going to create NFTs. Awesome. You're saying, thanks. So we have, you have to mint offsite, essentially. Like that's the way to do it. Like American Mm -hmm. Airlines is going to reward you more if you buy on their website than if you go through Expedia. They don't care. They're happy if you go through Expedia, but if you go through them, you're going to get more perks. So you're saying mint on your own website and there should be something that'll be able, and if I want to incentivize you, KJ, to buy... Heather doing the stanky leg or something. That's what she wants to do. It's, I don't know, it's her idea. <laughs> Dude, it would, it would fly. People would love that. you would simply go to the website and on the day of minting or whatever, you connect your wallet, it's verified, and then you could get that really cheap price. To have that yes. right? Yep, list price, mm-hmm. essentially. So, and the other thing that I just want to you know, mention to your listeners is to always use what's called like a burner wallet. So, because you don't really always know who's on the other side, right? Everything might sound great. So don't connect your like main wallet with all your money. So on Solana, it's really quick to just create a new wallet. It's literally a click of a button, transfer just enough so that you can mint whatever quantity you want and proceed because we've we've heard some really terrible stories about people. Heather, are you laughing because there's three zeros? I I just love whenever whenever there's like some knowledge dropped, Rich's face, you have to watch on YouTube if you're on the podcast. It's just like... You get like this weird, like, hmm. No, because of burner wallet. Number one, I thought of Walt White from Breaking Bad because he had a burner phone and I missed whatever. Then I was thinking a burner wallet. Like, it would just be funny if we, Heather, if we were going to, you know, connect our wallet to buy into Gen Zero or something like that. Like, I don't think we'd be at that much risk because there ain't a lot of money in there. KJ would probably laugh if he saw it. He'd just be like, oh, how are they even going to afford this? That's why I thought you were laughing. We got to get to Podtech to Poddeck. Before we do that, KJ, where can people connect with you guys? And we mentioned that uh, in our show notes, what can people expect there? Yeah, definitely. So check us out at Psyducks.com. So that's S-I-G-H ducks.com and links to our Twitter, our Discord. So definitely come check us out there. Uh, would love to interact with all your folks. And our launch is uh, at the end of this month. It's scheduled for December 30th. Yeah. So if you're interested... Uh, definitely, uh, please, uh, you know, participate in that. And if you're also interested, we have our Psyducks, uh, PX77, 
uh, NFTs that are uh, already available on the secondary market. And Rich, those are above the mint price. So yeah. uh, one thing I will uh, just flex about real quick. <laughs> Good. Well, I, I'll be I'll be all in on Gen Zero, especially since uh, newbies and our listeners get a hook up there. So. Yeah, you have to join the Discord and mention the show to get that price, right? So that's linked mm-hmm. up in the yep. show notes. Just yep. mention NFTs yep. for newbies, and you will get that 35% discount. Ooh. Perfect. Okay. Well, we got rich. We are here at the end, and that means a random question, and I have it for you, KJ. And then, Heather, mm-hmm. I want to answer for you, and you should answer for me for this question. Okay. Yep, here we go. If you were designing your own fragrance to represent you, what would you call it? <laughs> KJ. <laughs> Breath of fresh air. Oh, that's, okay. that's smooth. That's this smooth. is going to sound okay. nasty after this one because I would say that Rich would do like Crunchy Walter. Crunchy Walter? <laughs> yes. It's what Crunchy Cheetos mean? mixed with Walter White. It's like the best of both worlds. It's I was going to say rugged. Dirty Diaper for you. Dirty Diaper. What the hell? I don't know. The first thing that came to mind. I don't know. It's not, the first it's not thing that personal. came to your mind okay. was a Dirty Diaper. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. KJ, thanks for coming on again. You guys know the deal about Soul and some of the projects based uh, out there now and how to approach it. So we will see you next time.